This is Paul Nobles from eatperform.com, and I am sitting here with Eat to Form coach Mike Milner. Mike, if you want to say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. So, Mike, um, you know, your last experience on the podcast left you a little empty. I mean, if, you know, I, I was kind of expecting a little bit more from you guys. And, I mean, I did see Stephanie's, uh, Stephanie's pictures in quick start i mean there was definitely some rabble rousing going on there but man you guys were putting me to sleep what was going on dude you start with the trash talk already i mean so it's just, it's just you know i don't know so, I mean, I, maybe you guys were being shy you know it was your first time on a podcast but i mean knowing you guys personally i was like man you know it really left the audience hanging so the answer is simply that before the podcast started, we were told to keep things kind of under control and keep the HR violations to a minimal. Yeah. And our, our group thrives on being inappropriate. And that's our wheelhouse. So you kinda you kinda stole our uh, stole our thunder a little bit. So, so now we have a new movement. It's called Team Swole Uncensored. So we're gonna, you know, kinda show a little bit of, of what we're all about and in various posts and using the hashtag Team Swole Uncensored to kind of uh, get our reputation back. Yeah. So what you're saying is is that you can only you can only be funny if you're dirty, right? You 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 don't have the 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 moxie to pull it off without uh, without going inappropriate. Is that where we're going with this? Uh yeah. That's bas that basically sums it up. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I have no shame in that. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of a one-trick pony. I got you. No. And I will say, uh, at Eat to Perform Summer Camp, um, that was on display. But all in good fun, obviously. Um, Absolutely. So, so I wanted to start the podcast to talk a little bit about a book that I've been reading, and, and it's just brought up so many great things. Um, and I've been talking about it a lot in the um you know, daily videos that I do, but also um, in the Eat Form member groups. And uh, the book is called The Obstacle is the Way. And uh, shoot, I, I always forget the, the um, Ryan Holiday is the name of the author. And uh, what the book, you know, it, it's sort of self-described, but, but, um, it's based on the the writings of the Stoics, and so I'm I'm really interested in actually following up and picking up some of the books that they suggested that are many hundreds of years old, but apparently still hold good messages even to this day. And so, when you know, there was a couple big takeaways that I liked from the book and one of the big suggestions was that um, behind mountains are other mountains and I think that if anybody's gone on a fitness journey I mean Mike's a trainer now obviously I work with people on a daily basis as it relates to their fitness journey I think one of the things that we see often is that people view their fitness journey as a finish line. And 
it's better viewed as a way that as you accomplish your goals and tasks that your capacity to you know, take on bigger goals and tasks become much easier. Can you talk a little bit about how that's worked for you, Mike? Because, I mean, obviously you work with clients. If you haven't seen, you know, Mike's always, you know, doing like boxing videos and stuff, and, and he's a trainer in Philadelphia. Um, but talk a little bit about that and talk about, you know, a little bit about your experiences both working for each reform, but also, you know, sort of the impatience that some people feel that I think ends up kind of hurting them in the long run. Yeah, I think... It's, it's definitely something that I see all the time. And even for myself, uh, I noticed that, you know, as I kind of set new goals and accomplish things, um, there's always the next thing. Um, there's always something else that I'm pushing towards. Uh, there's never really a finish line. And I think an important piece of it is that it's also never a linear progress or process. And I think a lot of people kind of get discouraged when things aren't going exactly as they planned. Um, a lot of, you know, somebody wakes up, they're up two pounds and all of a sudden it's, you know, throwing the towel or why isn't this working? Um, or, you know, you're feeling weak. You're not putting up the weight that you, you want to be. Uh, that happened to me this weekend. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I had that moment of, you know, what's wrong with me? Am I not working hard enough? Did I not prepare enough? And, um, it's just kind of that mindset that, you know, patience and consistency always wins, but it's, it's easier said than done. Um, and I think, and one of the things I always tell my clients is it really never gets easier. You just get better. And the tasks that you're trying to accomplish get greater. Yeah. I mean, I think to kind of piggyback off of that, you know, when I was 250 pounds, um, the, the things that I was willing to do, right? I mean, I remember for a long time having all these conditions on what, you know, my journey would look like, you know, and I mean, I talk about them a lot, you know, where, you know, well, I wouldn't give up coffee with cream. I don't need drink coffee with cream. In fact, now, um, I mean, for the longest time, I couldn't have even imagined a scenario not drinking coffee. And uh, I've given up coffee for about a month and a half. Um, and, uh, I just think that all of the things that we put conditions on, when you want to reach a goal, you know, for me, I was struggling with sleep a little bit, but one of the things I started to figure out was that my anxiety level, you know, just was greatly decreased, um, when caffeine went away. And I just started to like the routine that I started to get into, you know, and um, doesn't mean that I'll never have coffee again. Doesn't mean that that won't be a piece for me at some point, but I was sort of using it as more of a crutch than I, than I needed to be. And I think that, uh, you know, saying the, the whole concept of mountains, you know, behind mountains are, are, are better mountains. There's a, there's another point to that, that I think is, is also true, right? Um, when you're in a chaotic situation 
and you're wondering how to get out of it. And to a certain extent, whether it be, you know, I don't know that fitness, you know, but there's probably a lot of people that have been working out and don't see progress. And that, that maybe seems a little chaotic, but mostly I think food restriction becomes more chaotic and, and messes with people's brains. And if you look and say, what would be the hardest thing to do, right? So let's say that you're eating 1,200 calories and you're not seeing progress. The first instinct would be to go, well, I wonder how hard it would be to eat 800 calories. And I would argue not very hard, <laughs> right? Because you're already, you know, restricting, restricting your body to a point where, um, you're not really pushing it to the limits, you know, so 400 more calories isn't going to make that big of a difference. I would argue that the hardest thing is to reverse and go the other way and then try to add some level of activity. You know, I think that the tendency is for all of us to go to the hardest possible thing but when you look at the most physically fit, the workouts that, that, that we do, and I think, Mike, you do some pretty hard stuff. And I think part of that is just, you know, being in a gym, being in a trainer. Um, but for myself, you know, I had to sort of get out of that mentality of killing myself nonstop to see a result. And when I did that, that was the hardest thing because it was really easy to drag my butt to the gym, you know, and, and feel like I was accomplishing something when in fact I, I really wasn't, you know, or if you look at um, what you just said earlier, because that happens a lot. People start at, at Eat to Perform, you know, had a gal, you know, uh, got her, you know, her goal was to be under 200 pounds, um, got her to 190 Um and she asked me to look at her macros. I took a look and she said, well, when do I go back to the old macros that I was at? And honestly, her macros were like really high, you know, like already at 190, you know, and she was seeing progress. And so I was like, I really don't think you should change anything. You know, right. I mean, part of the thing that got you into the position that you were in was what you believe maintenance to be. I do believe that a lot of people don't necessarily have, you know, I think there's some people that 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 do the super harder all the time approach. But then there's the other p folks that want to constantly be comfortable. And, you know, with Eat to Reform, obviously you're expanding work capacity, you're eating more food, you know, certainly there are moments where you're in a deficit, but whether it's a 500 pound squat or whether it's, you know, a, a, a low day, you know, there's always going to be a little bit, you know, of, of a comfort issue, right? I mean, you know, can you talk a little bit about that piece? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember a conversation I had with myself when I was, at my heaviest, 240 pounds. Um, not a lot of people know that, uh, you know, I had gone through, I was athletic build and then gone through a period where things just got out of hand. But 
I remember the conversation I had with myself was kind of choose which difficult you want, because it was really hard for me to not see friends that I hadn't seen in a long time because I was ashamed of how I looked or, you know, kind of put off um, family gatherings or, or whatever it was, just kind of hiding from people in general. Mm-hmm. And that, that was really hard. And when I started getting back, um, you know, decided to kind of get into fitness and really get things under control, that was also hard. Um, you know, learning to, to count macros and track food, you know, now it's like second nature, but I remember starting and thinking like, you know, this is kind of a pain. This is, this is difficult. But then I had that kind of honest with myself moment of choose which difficult you want, because that feeling of hiding from yourself to me was way more difficult than putting in the effort to learn how to track macros and to learn, you know, what type of resistance training I should do and to get certified so I could educate myself and, um, you know, do eat to perform and actually put in the work and follow the plan. Uh, and, and that, you know, kind of comparing which level of uncomfortable I wanted to, to be, uh, it really made the choice simple. Like, I, and it really, there was no choice at that point when you kind of stack the two against each other. Yeah. I mean, cause I think that that, you know, you came to the same conclusion that I do. I do think that there's a lot of pressure out there to, to go less right and to constantly focus on less and i think that's one of the reasons why our message sort of resonates but you know i remember being in my garage and i would put up signs um all over my garage um and the first sign that most people saw was bar don't lie you know i wrote i wrote uh um on my rubber mat under my squat rack you know that uh, the bar's gonna tell you the truth every single day, you know? And if you're weak, you know, the bar's not going to lie to you. The bar's not going to, you know, tell you, oh, it's it's okay. The bar's gonna tell you, the bar's harsh, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, I, I, would, I remember often, um, uh, you know, I was, I was, um, I did some pretty crazy stuff I mean, I remember sometimes uh, I would I would often put up signs that said most people quit here, right? And uh, mm-hmm. um, you can quit anytime. I would challenge myself: you can quit anytime. You could quit right now, buddy. You know, um, and that pushed me further because at that point I just really needed to work on capacity and I really needed to work on kind of getting to the next level. I mean, I remember you know it being minus twenty. You know, and 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 going for hikes, you know, um, and literally no, no, you know, I mean, it was scary, you know, because no yeah. one was there, and uh, you know, it was probably kind of dumb, but I was willing to do really anything to succeed, and uh, you know, now, you know, on the other side of things, I think probably most people would look at. Um, what you do or what I do and go, wow, man, that's a, that's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of people that are like, man, you get like 30,000 steps a day. What do you, what do you do? I, I don't even know what I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm fairly certain that, that I was not 30,000 steps at 250, you know, right. but sometimes you just kind of become this new you. And now all of a sudden you want more challenges. And if like, you always want, you know, 
more food for more comfort, you know, to stay in the same place. I think, I think for the longest time there, we were sort of caught in that, that, you know, juxtaposition of, you know, on the one hand, you don't want to shame people because, you know, they're not seeing a result, right? But then on the other hand, they bought a result, <laughs> you know? And, it, you know, I think it's nice that people come in and they, they realize that they can enjoy food and they can probably enjoy a lot more food than they thought. But at the same time, you know, are we really still focusing on a result? Are we still really still focusing on the thing that, you know, got you to pull out your credit card and purchase a membership, you know, and uh, especially with our, with our trend sheets, you know, we've been able to kind of hold people a little bit more accountable. But what's interesting about that piece, and I'm sure you can speak to this too, is before trend sheets, you know, there was, you know, we would definitely be looking at pieces of stuff from people. But when you look at a trend sheet right now, for Mike and I, when we look at the dashboard that basically all each reform members get, you know, we can pick out things right off the bat. Well, now we're starting to hear the other way, right? We're starting to hear, you know, um, this is too hard, you know. And I mean, it. It. I think a lot of people like to snuggle up to um, confusion, overwhelmed, you know, exhausted, you know, I mean, whatever, whatever adjective that you want to use for, um, for not doing the work, you know, um, I mean, it was interesting. I, I talked a little bit about this, uh, in one of the videos where Ryan Holiday, Tim Ferriss was, was talking to him and he said, you know, Hey, uh, you know, how do you deal with people that you know want information from you or want to reach you and he said well i just have them email me and he said well don't you find that email is relatively ineffective he said well yeah but you know i can deal with email on my schedule he said they're asking something from me right and he said well mm -hmm. okay so conversely when you want some something from someone else what do you do he's like i pick up the phone you know and Tim Ferriss was, was like, he said, like, isn't that like an interesting way to look at it? Like, you know, when someone wants something from you, they've got to do kind of it your way, right? And then when, when you want something from them, you know, you've got to really go out of your way to get, get what you need to acquire that knowledge or that power or that resolution, right? And I think that as coaches, you know, we need information to give to people so then they can reflect upon their journey and then take the next next step forward. I mean, the other thing that I see a lot, you know, I mean, I think most people, most people listening to like these podcasts, most people that watch the videos, they're fairly comfortable with the fact that we know what we're talking about, right? And so they want that information. And so I'd say... 99.7% of the folks out there are willing to to you know come up with some some level of logging like this weekend I didn't log my food I was on a date weekend with my wife you know I didn't even think about it you know um was my weight up a little bit yeah I was like up two and a half pounds you know I mean I can deal with that 
fairly easily. You know, but I think, in a, you know, I was going to make a video actually talking a little bit about how you can kind of monitor that. But I think that a lot of people look at this and they go, oh my goodness, man, this guy's talking about logging food. Am I going to have to log my food forever? No, just log your food for one day, man. You know what I'm saying? Log your food for one day. Log your food, you know, um, go for a walk one day. Go to the gym one day. Like, like. If you're not willing to be inconvenienced a little bit, you know, you're not getting there. You know, I mean, don't you find that that's some of the biggest challenges are the people that are close to where they are. Right. So you got a guy, he's at 17 percent. You know, he takes off his sheet, his, his shirt at the beach. You know, um, he looks a lot better than almost everybody else at that beach. Right. Right. But to get to nine to eight percent, right? Is he willing to do that work? You know, and and that that's a really difficult conversation to have because a lot of people aren't willing to go to that next level, and those people tend to be the folks that that struggle with it the most because they either don't want to put in the work or don't want to kind of match their food intake so they can actually you know get rid of that. You know, I mean, if you look at Let's say, you know, just for math's sake, you know, a 200 pound male who's 17% and wants to get to 7%, you know, I mean, you're talking about 20 pounds there. You know, to get to single digits, you're talking 14 pounds there, right? Assuming that they, they are able to maintain their muscles. So it's not a lot of weight, but, right. you know, um, the amount of discomfort that that person will have to go through to get to where they want to go and and in the length right to get there right because you know sometimes as an example if you're 200 pounds you lose 80 pounds in that process you might lose a little bit of muscle too so now all of a sudden you got to build that muscle back up and so it doesn't end up being like a two-week thing you know ends up being kind of a process that you're kind of working on for a while you want to talk yeah. about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it has, and I think an important piece of that is really being honest with yourself about what your primary goals are. Uh, I see a lot of people with the trend sheets who will list performance or muscle gain, uh, but then <laughs> you know when when the when they see a little bit of an increase, all of a sudden that's a problem. Uh, well, maybe you know you're more focused or more concerned with fat loss, and you need to just be honest about what you really want. Yeah, uh, or you know, you're constantly, you know, going with the low and medium day numbers and really not trying to push that, that high end and seeing, you know, how much capacity you can build up. Um, I think that, you know, sometimes you just have to really have an honest assessment of, of where you want to be and what your primary focus um, is at the moment. And, and of course you can change your mind. I mean, I yeah. have done that, you know, a number of times where I, I think I want, you know, to, build up my lifts and get stronger. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, my weight starts creeping up a little bit and I kind of reassess what, what do I want? Do I want, you know, the lean look or do, do I really want to push, you know, deadlifting 500 pounds so I can, you know, match you? Yeah. Well, you're not matching me. Mine's 474. That's what the challenge was all about. Um, but you know, um, I, I think the, uh, you know, I think that a lot of people 
you know, we have a, a, a form and in the form it says select your primary goal. And uh, what a lot of people do there is they think that we want them to say performance, right? But if, if really fat loss is your primary goal and performance is your secondary goal, we can work with that, right? Yeah. But, but, you know, if, if your weight goes up two pounds and you freak out, you know, um, you know, I, th I think we need to be aware of that. <laughs> you know, we need to have a, a, a basic idea there. So there was a couple other things from the book that I thought um, was real interesting. And, and he was talking about, you know, some habits of successful people. And he said, one of the things that, that I heard a long time ago, and, and I believe this to be true, like so much so, um, is wake up early. You know, almost all really super successful people wake up early. And there's, there's a good reason for it. You know, for myself, when everybody wakes up around 7, 8 o'clock, all of a sudden messages start flying. I'm being tagged and stuff. When I'm up at 4 in the morning, nothing, right? So I can get a lot accomplished at that point, you know? And does that mean that I go to bed a little bit earlier? Yeah, it does, you know? And right now I'm probably in a habit of where I wake up around 5. You know, I, I don't set an alarm, Um so like this morning I woke up at 5:40 um and then you know went out for my hour long walk. That was another thing that they talked about in in the book was um that for exercise um you know long walks are awesome but it also provides some level of reflection so you can come up with bigger ideas and I can say for myself that is 100% true. You know um, that, uh, some of the best things that I've come up with as it relates to eat the form has been related to, you know, um, those walks. Um, I mean, any thoughts on that? I mean, what, what time do you wake up? I'm a uh, 4am. Uh, I, I have a group of uh, clients that train every day at 5am. Yeah, so true. they make sure I'm up early. Um, but yeah, yeah 4 a.m. wake up and, um, uh, I take, take an hour walk every day also. Yeah. Um, I, I need that with, there's, there's definitely a lot going on in my life at all times. So that hour is, is important to me. And I, I prioritize that. I make sure that, uh, you know, that's my time to just kind of, um, just kind of zone out. And, and, and you're right. Those are the times where I, I come up with, with ideas for, for training or for my classes that I'm running or, um, you know, something needs to perform related. It's, it's almost always during that time. Yeah. So D was asking what book is Paul referring to? And, um, I'm talking about the book, the obstacle is the way. So, uh, kind of moving on, you were talking a little bit about your experience with your first powerlifting meet and you mentioned, so if you're not familiar with powerlifting meets, um, there's kind of strict guidelines how it goes. I think most people probably have a good understanding of that piece. Um, but it starts with squats, then bench in the middle, and then deadlift in the end. And if you've never done it, you don't know that, you know, it goes really long. And uh, if you're, uh, you know, you, you're probably going to want to have food. You're probably going to have 
some level of preparation. You want to have music going, you know, record it in case your your phone starts to die. Like my phone is um, giving me hints right now that uh, it's getting a little low. Um, but you know, more than anything, is just sort of calming yourself. You know, and and you know, you see a lot of people that uh, you know they'll be taking like, did you do any like caffeine or anything like that? No, I didn't. Yeah, so like, so so the guys that I trained with, um, and I, you know, I wasn't in any, um, anywhere in their leagues, but I trained with, you know, um, guys like Marshall Johnson, um, uh, you know, Scott Nutter was one of the, you know, influences on me. There's so many. I mean, I I can't even. I mean, Rachel Nutter, um, you know, had some experiences with. Uh, you know, just some of the strongest people in the world, right? And most of those people, they use some level of like nose torque or um, caffeine. You know, caffeine will give you anywhere from, you know, 10 to 20% boost. And so I remember, you know, on meat day that it was common to take up to 600 milligrams of caffeine. But the problem is, is that, you know, you might take that for squats but then what do you do for deadlifts? You know, what do you do for, for bench? You know, so you see these folks walking around tweaked out of their mind, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, it, it ends up being kind of a boost. But you mentioned that you struggled with the uh, bench press weights that you would normally, um, you know, be able to throw up fairly easily. You, you you weren't able to, to get right off the bat, and you actually um, bombed out on that particular lift. Is that correct? Yep, that's exactly what happened. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely a shock to me. I, I thought I was playing a conservative, and, and you know, after the, the first attempt, um, you know, it was one of those kind of like I was grinding it out. I feel like I could have I could have gotten it up there, and they um, just kind of cut me off, and then, the second one I did hit, uh, but they said I jumped the command. Uh, so, and and again, I think on the third, it was mostly mental to really wait and pause at the bottom as long as possible. And, mm. and that kind of just threw me off. But, you know, I was kind of scratching my head the whole day thinking like, I've, I've thrown that weight up for, you know, sets of four without really any problem. But did you did you do that um, as a meet, right? When you prepped, did you prep as a meet? Um, in what sense? Like, did I did I practice the pause and and kind of go through that motion? No. Did you do three squats, three bench, three deadlift? No, no, that, I did not. That's the part you did wrong. Right, so when you squat, okay, especially for max squat, so typically what you're going to want to do, so in your situation, you know you can throw up 250 most of the time pretty easily. You probably would have mm -hmm. been better off opening at 225 so you have a total, right? Um, right. You got to remember also that you're going to exhaust a certain amount of adrenaline in the squats, right? So you've right. worn yourself out. You know, and, and I mean, there's, you know, the excitement of being first time in a powerlifting meet and stuff like this. 
Um, how did your deadlift go? I mean, were you able to kind of get, because I mean, for most people that don't know, squats and bench go, go really super slow. Um, it's arduous. You're sitting there, you know, I, I mean, it, are you watching the Olympics? Because that's, that's one of the things that, that knowing a little bit about competition that always amazes me that Usain Bolt can, can take a, you know, a guy that jumps to start and he, he's still good. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, they got to wait for the commercials to go through and they're still good. Right. right. That right. they learn to kind of do that. You know, does that, does that make sense for, for some of what the problems you might've experienced? Yeah, definitely. And, and honestly, I, I just, I really didn't prep, um, I was kind of just doing it for the experience and, yeah. and to learn. And, and I really just was more on the mentality of, uh, you know, I'm just going to do what I can and kind of see where I stack up. Um, yeah. More I so mean, than really, ha, you know, ha, a strict regimen to, to focus on that. See, like, like in the gym that I was working out at, you know, um, I mean, honestly, I, I don't have, I mean, I was working out with some of the strongest women on the planet, but I was, I, you know, I was, less than most of the women, you know, um, I mean, we, we had women, you know, deadlifting 600 pounds, you know? So, um, the, uh, I think the, the process for me was sort of ingrained from the beginning. And I think that, you know, a lot of times you'll be working out at, at, at a gym, CrossFit gym, whatever it may be. And, you know, some dudes max is like 465 and you're like gunning for that dude, you know, um, you know, Marshall Johnson is lifting, you know, 875 pounds, you know, and you know, that's not really your goal, but even the, even the people that you're, that are your size are, you know, 200 more than you are, you know? And so, so naturally the paradigm becomes, you know, this is, this was a little bit of, of the, of the obstacle is the way too, right? They talked a little bit about this where, People that have chaos and drama in their life, you know, um, you really have to distance yourself from those people because they they kind of cling on to you and 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 suck, kind of like the excitement level and, and things of that nature. Um, but at the same time, when you're around other people that are better than you, that becomes the paradigm, and that becomes the thing that you work towards. And I think that's something that we do real well at Eat Perform. You know, um, we don't allow people to have mediocre thoughts. You know, um, I mean, yeah, every now and again, you know, someone, you know, goes through a tough time and they post something and, uh, you know, we walk, you know, everyone's really supportive with them. But it's always from the mindset of, um you know, I mean, and I'm kind of thinking of like losing a family member, but it's always of the mindset of, you know, look what that person brought to your life. You know, look what that, you know, uh, like trying to put the, put a good spin on it. You know, I mean, I think in the book, he was talking a lot about um, people like John D. Rockefeller, who, you know, if you Googled, there would be a few bad things that you could find about that guy. Right. But what he was focused on um, that was another thing. Oh my goodness. It was, there was so many things, you know, um, he was talking about, uh, Rommel, right. The, the German, um, general, 
and uh, you know Rommel, Rommel uh, was was known for doing well in in um, North Africa at the time, and the the common saying at that point was you knew where the front line was because that's where Rommel was, right? And that to me has been a foundation, you know, and I think you're a living, you know, example of this, you know, is I don't lead by example so people follow me, right? I just lead for my own example and people follow me. <laughs> you see you know you see what I'm saying? You see the difference? Like I'm not trying to get you know, people to, because th there's certainly many more badass people than me, right? You know, but, you know, I do me, and I think a lot of people go, wow, that, that's an interesting perspective. Because I think one of the things that, that people do find attractive, you know, I mean, I think this kind of doesn't speak to your situation, because I think that, you know, one, you're shredded, you're, you're a better athlete than I am. I just think there's a lot of people out there that, that go, you know what, I'd like to be, you know, some compromise of that, you know. Um, <laughs> ironically, I think people view me as some version of that, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I wouldn't have any problem taking off my shirt at the beach, but, you know, I'm also not shredding, right? Um, I eat more flexibly. Um, I definitely have physical fitness as a priority in my life, but, um, and, and like one of the cool things about you just, just hanging around people that are like you is that, uh, and don't you find, I mean, like when you were 240 and you, you talked about your friends, how many of those friends are still cool with you? I mean, you know, that I'm still, I still have a group of, of friends that I was close with, but at the time it was like right after college. So most of, most of my friends from college, I'm not really, in, I don't really keep in touch with anymore. But then I have like my core group of friends through high school who, who I, you know, were all super close and, and they, you know, they were all supportive of me through, through everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, but don't you have a new group of people? Like, don't you feel like, I, kind of where I was going with it, is that every level of success, no matter what you're doing, you find the newest, highest performers in that realm, right? You know? So, yeah. like, like, when I was 17, I found the newest, highest performers of weed smokers, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, for yeah. real. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. like not kidding. Like I, my goal was to look for people that were doing things for me and I wasn't doing good things, you know? Right. And so when I, when I, um, when I started my recovery, came to Minnesota, you know, I didn't want to just know like a random person recovery and just struggling like me, right? I wanted to right. hang around the best. I wanted to, I wanted to talk to the old timers. How'd you get to 30, 40 years, you know? And that's always been sort of a trait of mine that I seek out, you know, the best. Now, at the same time, you know, I do have a lot of empathy for someone that's willing to make the hard journey because I know how hard it is, right? So, right. I, I mean, 
you know, I, I would do this for free, you know, um, if we didn't have a gigantic infrastructure to support. But, um, you know, the uh, just the, the ability to kind of, you know, pay X amount and then, you know, hang around. I mean, every single Eat to Perform coach has done Eat to Perform and had success with Eat to Perform, right? And I think, I think that is so cool because, you know, if you look at a lot of the people that, you know, work for Weight Watchers as an example, I mean, nothing bad about Weight Watchers, but they ain't doing Weight Watchers nonstop. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, <laughs> someone's talking about my hat. This is my summer hat. You know, if I'm wearing a hat, just so you guys know, um, I have not showered, <laughs> you know, um, you know, so I try to, I try to, try to be ready, but man, Mondays get to be a little tough. This is our first like Monday, um, podcast that we're doing during the day. We're sort of switching things up just because the way that we used to, and we could probably end on that note, um, did you want to kind of follow up on what I just said, though? Because I think that I, I cut you off a little bit. No, I think actually your point is kind of the thing that was most, uh, I guess, that stood out the most for me about the uh, Eat to Perform summer camp was the group of people and and just the level of passion and commitment and, and like having all these people who truly care and share that same kind of mindset that I do it was like really feeling like part of a family and feeling like like I really as you're talking about kind of gravitating towards new people as you kind of grow in your own journey and and that's definitely been the case and um you know with people that I associate with at my gym and um you know and 100% with with the eat to perform coaches I mean I'm I'm in all of every single one of them and um and it's kind of that same you know, be your own example, uh, quote that I think you coined, yeah. um, that, that always, that always stuck out to me. Cause I feel like that's really how, um, the coaches get down. It's they, they do the work and they, they set their own example and it's just natural for people to follow that. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is I think some people listening to this might, might be sort of intimidated by that a little bit. Right. You know, it's like, man, I don't know if I can fit in. Well, you know, that's the nice thing about having 30,000 members. You know what I mean? Like, there's always someone in your similar situation. Um, you know, we got a lot of people that, that make friends. So, you know, if they're in a similar type journey, you know, they can look at their food logs to kind of get some ideas for meals and stuff like that. So it ends up being kind of a kind of a fun thing. But I, I don't want people to be, like, super intimidated, like, like it's all like super beast mode people and we're just working out all the time. It's really not that, you know, I mean, there, there's certainly pieces of that, you know, um, and there's certainly people that are working towards gigantic goals. I mean, we have, you know, people trying to get to the Olympics, you know, so um, it just just kind of depends on where you're at in your journey. Um, so kind of the, the thing to end on is that. When we started these podcasts, we wanted them at night. Um, well, we they weren't podcasts, okay? They, they, we would publish them to YouTube. You can go back to YouTube four years ago, and you can see all the things that, that you know, we did from day one, right? And obviously, our message has evolved um, as we've gotten better. And, 
you know, more people involved. And so that's been really cool. But we were doing Monday night because so many people would struggle during the weekend and say, you know, I'm really, you know, uh, need my questions answered. It was really more of a Q&A forum. And what we found is over the course of a while is that people respond better to topics, you know, because realistically, after about 15 weeks, we were hearing the same questions over and over again. And so eventually we were sort of overthinking this podcast thing for a long time. And we just found that that was a great way to communicate with people. And we can really do that at six in the morning if we wanted to, you know, so we don't have to do that at 7, 7 p.m. at night. Now, I'm sure some people like watching it live. You know, I'm sure some people like, you know, um, you know, hearing us at that point. But it really does take away a lot from our families. And so um, what we're going to do is uh, try and establish some time. It's probably going to be lunchtime. You know, um, I know that we're going to do this one. We might end up moving it to Tuesdays because truthfully, Monday is is really super horrible. Um, and since we have so many podcasts that people can draw from, um, but we'll see. I, I'm not completely decided on that yet. Still need to talk to April. But I do know that our Thursday night is... Um, uh, you know, Thursday night is going to end up being uh, uh, Friday during uh, Friday at noon, and that's our quick start. Usually, what we do is live reviews of trend sheets. I think that that's one of the coolest podcasts. You know, because if you're not a member of Eat to Perform, you actually get to hear like high level thoughts from Eat to Perform coaches. You know, um, as we're dissecting people's plans and they're willing to put their plans out there for you so you can kind of hear how we can walk through that and so we're going to end up doing that on Fridays and uh, you know I, I you know there's two weeks out of the out of the week that I can't work out at night you know um, my wife can only work out at night you know and you know I was thinking about it over the weekend and it just didn't seem like it needed to be this way you know, and, you know, the level of preparation for us to do it in the evening just seems sort of silly at this point. So, um, so we're making that change, you know, for our families. And uh, I think since Trend Sheets happened, you know, the level of communication with the podcast only adds to that experience with Trend Sheets. I, I really feel like, you know, as good as Eat to Perform was... Right. And as many people had success, I mean, you had your success, you know, way before trend sheets happened. Right. Yeah. Um, but now that piece, you know, just having that dashboard, you coupled that with the podcast, man, all the difference in the world. So. Absolutely. All right, you guys, we're going to end on that note. I appreciate everybody listening Hope everybody understands the change. I think, you know, I mean, most of you guys know us personally. You, you probably want us to be with our family. Um, and so I appreciate everybody understanding. Uh, we will end up uh, posting, you know, for quick for the quick start, we'll post the link just so we can start to 
Um, you know, if, if somebody normally like to have it live and they can't make it for um, the next, you know, call on Friday at noon, we'll still have availability to review their trend sheet live and then they can watch it later. So appreciate everybody being here and we'll talk to you guys later. And thanks, Mike, for doing the podcast. Thanks for having me. All right, brother. Talk to you later. Take care.